Well, welcome everyone. It's so good to have you guys here at Married Life. We're getting things going. We're going to try being on the floor today. So uh, hopefully that works for us for us well. But but my name's Tim, and this is my amazing wife, Rachel. Hi, everyone. Good evening. Sorry, we were telling, I had a pretty traumatic, messy experience with our puppies. Great. As Tim was walking in the door. So from this is this today. is this is what happened. Let me just okay, if she said it, I gotta say it. So I'm on my way home and I'm talking to her and she's like, Honey, I gotta go, click. And I'm like <laughs> We don't we don't end our conversations quite like that very often. So I pull in and what had happened? Well, to begin with, I had had Shelly wearing it over for the afternoon and we had lovely tea and as she's leaving I smell something. The puppies had had diarrhea all over their bedding as we're having tea. So I get them all cleaned up, Lysol, the whole area, get their bedding all bagged to throw in the wash machine. Then I get the Lysol put back away. I'm going to start the laundry. I hear this eruption of vomit (laughs) from the other puppy. Oh, it was horrible. So there's this huge pile of vomit, again, all over their stuff. Wait, so do you ever you just feel deck? so alone? Hold so up. like that happens. I like put them on the deck so that they won't walk really in all of things. the vomit. Put them on the deck because there's a gate, so it's gated. Well, they hear the neighborhood kids. They sneak through the spindles, run down the deck, run under the fence, and run all the way across the neighborhood. Yeah. And I'm not home yet. With diarrhea all over their Praise feet. Praise the Lord. So it was to say he runs, he walks in the door and I'm like, we have 45 minutes to bathe all of the dogs and all of us. Because <laughs> anyways. It was a little crazy. Anyone it was else crazy. Have a crazy day? Anybody else have a really no? fun? Okay. <laughs> okay. She's like, yeah, I like kind of not like vomit and diarrhea all over the place, but okay. Anyways. Hi. We're I'm, real. I'm we Tim. have fun this things This is my happen. wife, Rachel. No. Yeah. Uh, if we smell funny, I'm so sorry. I thought I got everything, but <laughs> that was probably too much information right there. But anyways. It's real. So anyways, welcome everyone. We're so happy to have you here tonight. You know why we come together. We love it to be more than once a month, but we want to be so intentional about, about intentional about making an atmosphere to share beside each other the walk of marriage, right? Because it is, other than our relationship and our covenant with our Savior, Jesus Christ, our marriage is the representation of that covenant here on earth. And we want to be so intentional as a church family to just come together, get encouraged, be able to have an open table where you have a place to sit and have a conversation with somebody who has the best intention for you and for your family, for your marriage. So that is why we do First Wednesdays. Come on. Yes. And one cool thing is we're doing something cool on Sunday nights yes. right now. Uh, Pastor Daniel's in here, and he's been leading uh, Sunday nights, and we've got a series on marriage going on. Yeah. Or not marriage, relationships. More relate. Me. It can it's relate to everything. It's relationships in general, but yep. it's, it, it, it deals uh, quite a bit with marriage because, hello, marriage is a, a relationship yeah. that is important to us. And uh, we're doing, uh, there have been questions submitted mm-hmm. for this week's Sunday. They're going to have three couples up on stage answering questions. So this is a plug to say you're going to yeah. want to be here yeah. Sunday night. They usually send the really fun questions in, right, Pastor Daniel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always so, stand at that table and it's like, what is the hardest question I can think of? I'm sure so about, okay. Sunday night, 5 p.m., we'd love you to join us. I believe this is the 
wrapping up of the relationship series. Yeah. So. And speaking of having fun and doing crazy things, does anyone like riddles in here? No? <laughs> Thank you. So yes. we're going to do riddles. The rest of you are going to watch <laughs> us. No, I've got a couple of riddles. These are easy-ish kind of. Actually, I've, I haven't read the ones that I'm going to do, so I'm just going to pick one. Uh, if you think you know the answer, just raise your hand. We'll shout it out and be like, yay, we got it. So, um, oh, I, I know that one. So <laughs> there's a one-story house in which everything is yellow. Yellow walls, yellow doors, yellow furniture. What color are the stairs? Thank you. <laughs> I was thinking yellow. Says the woman with the yellow canteen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, you. No, okay, 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 okay. Of course, um, Mark. <laughs> yes. What can you break even if you never pick it up or touch it? What can you break if you never pick it up or touch it? Your word. Let's see. Let's I see. Ooh, really close. It, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it because it, I think it, I think it's the same thing. It's a mm -hmm. promise. Yeah. I would I would say that that's kind of the same thing. Um, we'll do we'll do two more. Oh, can I do this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm tall when I'm young, and I'm short when I'm old. What am I? Who said what? that? How do you Good even know this? Awesome. <laughs> All right, we'll do we'll do let's let's flip. Let's flip to a different page. Go to a different page. Yeah, let's go to this. Ooh, funny riddles. This is fun because I can see the answers. Um, except <laughs> for I cover up the answers. <laughs> what has legs but doesn't walk? What is it? A table. <laughs> so, um, a side note. I don't know if you guys have ever thought of this, but Rachel and I will go on dates and we'll do riddles on dates. There's something awesome that you could like, can, like shove in a purse in mm -hmm. a pocket. And uh, there's apps. There's an app called Just Riddles where <laughs> you could get on and it'll just pop up random riddles. Uh, so if you're ever interested in something like that, like conversation starters, having fun on dates over, over <laughs> fancy dinner at Taco Bell or something. I can always tell when he just needs to detach from serious conversation when he pulls out his riddle app. And he's like, go. all right, Rach, here's a riddle for you. There you go. Um, also, real quick, just, just so you guys know, Res Life is doing some incredible things in-house and around the world. I was talking with Pastor Bernie. Uh, for those of you that, that you call this your home church, mm -hmm. I was talking with Pastor Bernie, and I think this weekend we rescued another 1,000 people from uh, from or not a th hundred people from Afghanistan. Sorry, I said a thousand. A hundred people from Afghanistan, and I think they might have been kids or something. But it's like Res Life is doing some incredible stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're getting ready to build a house that's going to rescue women yes. from sex trafficking. We're just doing some incredible stuff, uh, and that's not even what we're doing. You know, right next door necessarily. But if you want to partner with what God is doing, one way to do that is financially. You could do that. Mm -hmm. There's three ways you could do it. You could text ResGive to 94000. You can uh, go to reslife.org and that will give you, or you could do cash or check and there's a giving box in the back. Wonderful. Um, but I want to kind of make way because we've got a very special couple to us coming up. And one of the things they do is they, uh, they, they lead a ministry where they have some opportunities for us to go and have some experiences with God, both as like a man or a woman or like as a couple. Did I say something funny? When my wife is laughing, I stop. Okay. Um, 
Anyways, they're going to say I'll more about it, but I want to encourage you, every, every time we get together, we like to give you a resource of something that you can do that will pour into your marriage. The resource I say is listen to what they have to say because they're going to share about some of their events, and they're incredible. I've been on one. You've been on one. We're, we're going. Yeah, we're going to go on their brand new, did it start last fall or is this year? Last year it began, and it's called The Road to Unity. And so it's for marriages and marriage all stage of marriages. Something like that. And so um, to be honest, you know, married under 40, we loved it. Church did it forever. But this couple that we've invited to come and teach is a very big reason why we really had the dream on our hearts to make this married life for all generations. Because when we were first married, Chuck and Lori Call took us under their wings and we were part of a small group with them and about eight to 10 other couples, all ages. But I would definitely say we were the young ones. We were newlyweds. They watched us get pregnant with our first. Not dragging. That's not <laughs> <care>. <laughs> we were newly in carrying a f- carrying Josephine in a car seat. Yeah, we were newly in kids ministry, and what transformed our lives was to be taken under wings of very, just so far ahead of us, spiritually mature, very much spiritual mom and dads. So they are like a spiritual mom and dad to us. Our kids have grown up every summer playing with their grandchildren, and we've just been so blessed by them. So the heart of this is we were just so blessed to share a spiritual mom and dad to us. And they had birthed, I mean, Chuck's been involved with, he was involved with Quest, which was very much out of state. It was very far away, and his heart grew and the Lord gave him a command to bring this to Michigan and to just follow the Lord's leading in that. And they actually do this. It's a beautiful how it's transformed from Chuck started with the men's events and then the sa- God works this way when he calls married couples. It was planted then on Lori to step up to serve the women. And so, and then now they're doing marriages, they're doing youth, and they are such a gift to this world and to the church. And so we just want to welcome them to come on up Here and share go. with us tonight. We're, uh, we're grateful to have the opportunity to be here. Um, Laura and I uh, began attending here at this house in uh, 1997. So we've, been, we've, we've called this our home church for, for quite a while. Um, we now spend an awful lot of time up in Big Rapids Res Life. Uh, We have a couple cottages up there, but uh, more importantly, our son and daughter-in-love moved up there with our four grandchildren. And so we we spend a lot of time up in Big Rapids also. You know, um, the first time I came to Res Life, uh, the first exposure that I had um, pulled me in, and it was when Pastor Dwayne said, and now we're going to receive the tithes and the offerings, and people began to clap, began to celebrate. You know, I, I just, I love how this house um, honors what the Lord gives to us and celebrates that we get to, that we have the opportunity to sow back into the kingdom in a, in a lot of different ways. And I, I love the balanced uh, approach that they take. And so this is a, um, a really good house, and we are grateful 
for what this house has, has poured into us. As uh, Tim and Rachel said, uh, we are Chuck and Lori, and um, it's, it's interesting. We did start out with a men's um, return event first, and then Reflect for Women uh, came along. And we, um, we really felt like someday maybe God will, will birth a, a marriage encounter. But the challenge for us was there is so much really good stuff out there on, on marriages and you can YouTube. And, you know, we, we really felt like we don't need more information. We, we need transformation. And so we, it just never came. It, it didn't happen until about a year and a half ago when, um, when I ended up reading a book. And the book was The Five Love Languages. Now, I think if I ask about that book in this room, probably just about everybody's hand is going to go up. And I had read that book previously, but the father took me back to that book, and it was just before we went on a vacation. And I read that book. We had a great vacation. I needed to submit myself to my one, to Lori. There were some things that I had to talk to her about. And when we got home from that vacation, God laid it on my heart the next Monday that now it's time to do a, a marriage encounter. And so out of that, the road to unity marriage encounter was birthed. I'm typically uh, the one that gets up and talks. Lori leads on the, on the woman's side. And um, so this is the first time that we've ever stood together and uh, had the opportunity to, uh, to talk about you know, we'll, we'll hit on marriages, but we're going to hit on some other stuff first because until we have a relationship each individually with the Father, it's pretty difficult to have a, have a relationship um, together as one. If you've been around me very long, you're going to hear me say, no heart is 100% healed but no heart is too broken. We are in the process. My, uh, my tombstone is going to say 100% healed because until I take my final breath. So we don't stand before you uh, tonight and say, you know, we got, we got this thing figured out because, um, well, Lori, do I have it figured out? No, you do not. <laughs> And if, if anyone doesn't know, he is the talker, <laughs> and he's very gifted, in, and I'm not usually like to be up in the front, so <laughs> he'll probably do most of the talking, but um, what we have tonight is just very impactful, I, I feel like that God has really given us something to talk to you about, about marriages. On, on your table, there is a, a couple pieces of white paper. You don't need to use the whole piece. What, I'm, what I'd like to ask um, every couple that's here, take a piece of paper. You probably have to tear them in half, uh, or if there's a full one. I'm, I'm going to ask you to, um, you know what, let's pray first. Father, we, uh, we thank you for, for this time. 
we thank you that we have the opportunity to, uh, to be in your presence together. I pray that um, tonight that you would bring a minimum of one word to each of us that will impact us, that will change our lives and our marriages. I, I pray that um, the words that we speak would become life and that they would be life-giving. And God, we thank you for this opportunity, and we're so grateful, Holy Spirit, that you're here in our presence. We don't have to invite you in because you are already here, and we're grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll take that piece of paper, and um, I'm going to ask you to, you don't have to keep it a secret from your, from your spouse, but... I realize in a, in a room like this, we, we potentially are in a lot of different places in our marriage. So I, I'm going to ask you to honestly contemplate um, where you're at in your marriage right now today, 1 to 10, and write, and write down a number. Now, I know that can mean an awful lot to a lot of people, so we're not going to try to break it down into categories, but from one to ten, one being um, not satisfied or not feeling my needs are met at all, to ten, perfect marriage, um, awesome, everything is perfect. So one to ten, and then take that and just put it in your pocket. We're, we're not going to do anything with that paper tonight, but I, but I, but I want... <laughs> Well, you might do something with it tonight, okay? But we, we are not going to do anything with it. The, the goal is that we, we take a moment to be honest because I'll, I'll tell you that when Laura and I have done this, uh, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that um, it's pretty hard to get a 10. I, I just, I'm black and white, and we don't live in a perfect world, so the, it's pretty hard to score a 10. Well, when we started this process, um, I, th I, think I, I think I scored our marriage, I think, at a, a six, maybe seven, and I think you scored it uh, just a little bit higher than what I did. Here's, we, we serve a God of more. There is always more. We are in the process of being restored, and so I, I think it's something that as we look and listen tonight, and as we, as we communicate, um, we can be honest with each other about where we're at. When you go home, should you choose, don't have to, should you choose, you can end up taking those numbers and really having the honest conversation. This can set a table for you to be able to have that conversation. You know, God's design for marriage uh, in Genesis 1, uh, 27 most of us, you know, growing up in the church, we know what God's, most of us have, have read his word. But God created mankind in his image. The enemy hates you. The enemy absolutely hates you because you individually are created in God's image. When the two become one flesh... It goes up to another level because I think, as Rachel said, 
our marriages reflect God's goodness. Our marriages reflect, we are image bearers. And so godly marriages really make the enemy mad. You know, Scripture tells us that, that we are to leave and cleave, that, to, that to, to become one flesh and we leave and cleave. Marriage is forever as far as God is concerned. It's, it's not a temporary assignment. We grow up in the families that we grow up in, but then we leave and cleave. So we parenting changes when children become adults. The adult-child parent relationship is amazing. Your, your job parenting is never done, but it changes because we have to cut the apron strings because when we don't, we're sure to have problems in our marriages. In the garden, God had this perfect, perfect place. Adam was created. God told Adam, he gave Adam some instructions. And he said that in in Genesis uh, 2, he tells Adam that you can eat of any tree except for one tree. Eve wasn't even created yet. God told that to Adam. God said to Adam, don't eat from that tree. Eve comes along, and they're in the garden. They're placed in the garden, and the serpent comes to Eve and begins to talk. You want to read that? You want me to read the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read Genesis 3, 1 to 13. It's a little long, but it's, it's a great read. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. Hold on a minute. So Eve added to what God had told Adam. Now, we we don't know what the circumstances were. We don't know uh, everything. But obviously, Adam either had not communicated well, because something was added. Because God didn't say, don't touch it or you will die. Right. Keep reading. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, 
and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave it me some fruit from the tree. Hold on. Here it starts, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, "The the serpent deceived me, and I ate it. So they were used to... They were familiar with hearing God and knowing that God was there in the cool of the day. So that that was normal. And then they hid. Eve blamed the serpent. Adam blames Eve. The blame game started. Adam also said it was the woman <laughs> that you gave me. So he, he, he's saying, God, this woman, this helpmeet that you gave me, she's the one that led me to this. It's interesting because God knew where they were. God did not lose them on the locator. God was asking the questions because he needed to know if they knew where they were. God knew exactly what was going on there. We, we have to be aware of what our condition is all the time. It, it's past, um, I love church. I love the word of God. We, we need to learn from both. But oftentimes when we go to church on Sunday morning, I have a friend in, in Texas, and it was actually Pastor Ricky, uh, Polly's pastor. Some of you know who Polly is, but Pastor Ricky would make the analogy that Sunday morning service is like the showroom at an auto dealership. You, you walk in the front door, and everything is shiny, It all looks really good. Um, Everybody puts their best foot forward. All looks good. What happens for a lot of us at church on Sunday morning? How you doing? Blessed and highly favored. Blessed and highly favored. That's our answer. Because we don't typically have enough time to start digging in. That's one of the reasons I love this. I love the life groups that this church has. I love all the connection points that this church has because the real work of an auto dealership happens not on Sunday morning necessarily. It's good, but the real work in the real repairs happen behind the showroom floors. You step through those doors and there's a body shop where, where things are being repaired. There's There's a a diagnostic uh, area where 
They hook engines up and they say, okay, what's wrong? We all need to be able to go to the place where we say, we want to be open, we want to be transparent. Because we know that John 10.10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The, the enemy attacks the nature of God. Did God really say? Did, can you trust God? You know, the serpent said, he's trying to keep something from you. Because he knows that if, then you would be like him. You know, I, I, some, I sometimes wonder, why did Eve even entertain or have a conversation with the enemy? He was crafty. He was created. The serpent was created. I don't know that she knew. Now, when she started, when the serpent started speaking, Adam was with her. Now, why in the world, if Adam was with Eve in that moment, why in the world didn't Adam step up right away and say, hold on. You don't talk to my wife. You talk to me. God placed me in the position of authority. You talk to me. Have a, a well, I think a lot of you know Pastor James DeMello. Uh, grew up in uh, Louisiana, in the bayous. And, and Pastor James says, if Adam would have been a Cajun, he would have stepped on that serpent. He would have picked that thing up and he would have just bit his head off. We wouldn't be in this big mess that we're in. <laughs> well, you might be right, James. You might be wrong. I don't think we're ever going to know. But communication is a big part of the problem. Who are we going to listen to? Who, whose voice will we listen to? You have an enemy. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not your children. It's not your boss. We have enemies. We have an enemy. And he wants to get in the middle of every relationship we have. And so what he does is he starts to question. He asks the questions about your integrity. He asks questions about the intentions of your heart. Uh, Lou Giglio, this is, this is uh, something uh, either remember or write it down. But Lou, if you go to YouTube, Lou Giglio has a sermon on there. there it's also a book. But the, the title of it is, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. Laura and I listened to that, to that uh, I don't know, a couple times. We, we just coming home from vacation, got back Monday night, and we had listened to a couple different versions of them, but they're both very, they're, they're very similar. But it's, don't give the enemy a seat at the table. Because when we allow the enemy to sit at our table, 
the enemy's going to start to say, did you, did, you, did you notice how your wife looked at you this morning? She doesn't respect you. She, did you hear the tone in her voice? Did you hear? Are you kidding me? You, you really shouldn't have to put up with that. The enemy is always planting lies and try to stir up the pot so that we not only question God's nature, which is to love, he does that so that we question the nature of God in each of us to say that God's not in her. There, there's too much flesh in her. There's too much flesh in him. He doesn't really care. He, he really doesn't um, appreciate everything that you have to offer. I kind of laugh and I think, all of this she doesn't appreciate. Seriously? <laughs> Come on. The enemy convinces us that you could do so much better. I cannot do any better. <laughs> yeah, good luck, right? And I think, you know, when he does that, he's, I mean, he's just yin-yanging at your, in your, in your mind. That's the time when you have to use your voice and say, no, no, you are not welcome at my table. I mean, it is so easy for even people or other people saying something is like, no, no. The enemy is so crafty. I think we have a verse in here that says, um, I don't even know where it is. But anyway, it, your power of your words are so powerful. And when you know that he's attacking you, shout it out. Not today. Not today. Amen. Here's the challenge. I grew up in a, uh, a family very different than Lori's family. My father passed away when I was 11 years old. My upbringing was much different. I'm second to the youngest of six kids. Had a very, very different experience than her growing up. Um, I'm just going to be real tonight, even though my mother-in-law is sitting here. <laughs> it's all good. I was exposed to pornography at a young age, probably about 12 years old. And when the enemy exposes you to sin, whatever, that, whatever it is, and it gets a hook in you, you have that hook that affects you. So that hook affected me. It, it affected how I looked. And I even believe, I believe the lie that, well, when I get married, it'll be taken care of because I get the real thing. It's not how it works. That, that's not how the lies of the enemy actually work. So I had a hook in me that really stayed with me until I was 37 years old, until I came to the end of myself. I had to get to a point where, in fact, it was a Sunday night. Lori said, what is wrong with you? And I said, I, I don't know. 
There was so much oppression. I believe that if we are in Christ, Holy Spirit is in us. So I was not possessed by the enemy, but I was certainly oppressed by the enemy. I believe that the enemy does everything that he possibly can to oppress every believer. And there are lots of doors that we open, which gives him permission to come in and take residence. And I had done that for a long time. You get the idea. The, the point is, is there was a foundation laid, a pattern of lies that I believed, and I took that at 23, and I said, I do, to Lori. But I had deception in my heart. I certainly was being affected by a perverse spirit because pornography does not put natural, intimate, God-ordained ideas into your head. And so I opened up our marriage because God has called me to be the leader. I opened up our marriage to challenges. And we did have some challenges, all the while still going to church. Yeah, blessed and highly favored. We weren't living necessarily a blessed and highly favored life in every area. Lori grew up in a different family. Yeah, my family, which my mom is sitting there, um, with a, a mom and a dad that loved each other, and they showed love affectionately, where Chuck never had that. And so coming into a marriage, he didn't have a father. He didn't have he didn't have that growing up, and so he came from that, and I came from another one, and we came together, and so now we're start, trying to start our marriage together, and with two different lifestyles. Therein lies the uh, huge piece of the problem. When we get married, we bring brokenness that we both experience. I I, I believe that nobody will escape this life without some sort of trauma in your life. It may be something that we participated in. It may be something that was done to us. But all of us are going to have some sort of trauma. Scripture tells us that be sure you will have trouble, and we will experience trouble. James says, count it all joy. Well, there... There was a lot of things that I certainly at that time did not count as all joy. But I can tell you that as we seek the Father's heart and as we, as we begin to, to live a lifestyle of saying, I want, to ex I want the lies of the enemy exposed, Scripture tells us that the truth will set us free. Mm -hmm. Truth sets us free from the lies of the enemy. There's only one, one way to do that, and that is with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to have Holy Spirit living in us and through us 
so that we can begin to walk lives that are, that are, that are showing freedom, that are showing healing. Again, I'm, I'm going to go back to the no heart is 100% healed, no heart is too broken. That's why when we started thinking uh, about a marriage encounter, I really felt like, do we really need another one? Because the seven steps to this or the eight steps to this or the, the two steps to this, they often don't work. We, we need to hear from Holy Spirit. They're good guidelines, but we need revelation that will transform as we're able to listen to what the word of God says. I, I, I like to do, do this. The word of God, uh, Genesis 1, um, I'm not sure exactly, up until the fall. And then you go all the way to the end of the Bible, to Revelations, a, and a, a new heaven and a new earth. Everything in between is God trying to restore us. This, this is his manual for restoration. Are we in it? Do we use it? Do we read it? One of the habits that, that we've gotten into is we read proverb of the day. It's not hard. We, you, you read the word of God. Proverbs is full of really, really, really good wisdom. Mm -hmm. we, we need to put ourselves in the word of God so that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We were at a wedding this last weekend, and the wedding verse was read. I'm going to have Lori read the wedding verse. First uh, Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Sounds really easy, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> If it, if it was easy, we wouldn't have divorce. We, w we wouldn't have the challenges. We'd all, we'd all be experiencing uh, perfect marriages. Mm -hmm. the, the enemy uses the word of God against us also. So we, we can read a word like this that was meant to encourage and instruct. But instead, sometimes when we hear this, we hear guilt, we hear shame, mm -hmm. we hear judgment, because that's how the enemy operates. Who, whose voice are we listening to? That, that, that's such a big deal. Who, who is your group of friends? Who, who do you get your marriage advice from. You know, it's interesting because 
when Tim and Rachel were at that, that, um, that group way back then, Laura and I didn't intentionally say, hey, let's mentor. Uh, it's, honestly, it's, it's very kind uh, that they share kind words about us. But we all need to be intentional to be a light. My, my encouragement is no matter where you're at in marriage, that I love that this is all across the board now as far as the ages and, and the, um, the years, I should say, the years of marriage. There's no old people here. There's some people that have been married longer than others. But it gives you the opportunity to be able to, to hear from other people's a week and a half. Right? A week, a week and a half. <laughs> but we need to be able to discuss the real stuff. Mm-hmm. For, for myself, dealing with an awful lot of men, I say it like this. If, if a man, sadly, it's not uncommon for a man to have no friends or maybe one friend, maybe two, um, what I call two o'clock in the morning friends. Friends that know everything about them. And I mean everything. Every challenge. We, we need to, I'm speaking to the men now. It'll apply to the women as well. But men, we need men in our lives that we can share our, our greatest challenges with. Because here's what happens when we do that. When, when we bring our greatest challenges out into the light, we disarm the enemy. Because mm-hmm. I, I can tell you that for an awful lot of years, the enemy was talking to me and said, when they know who you really are, it's all over. You will be exposed. When, if they really knew, you would not be respected. You, you would lose position. The, the fact of the matter is, we need to live and walk in transparency with men. Um, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Men, your wife cannot sharpen you. Mm-hmm. Not in that way, because iron sharpens iron. You need men in your life that you are open and honest with. And ladies need ladies. You know, if, if, if we're getting our marriage advice from our high school friends that are no longer married because they've been through uh, divorces or, or whatever, uh, or if we have people in our life that are saying, you know what, you, you shouldn't be putting up with that. You, you really shouldn't. We're going to, we get bad advice, bad things end up happening. We need to have people that say, no, Chuck, that's not who you are. You're a son of the Most High God. You're not an orphan. You are loved. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. We need to have men in our lives that will remind us of who we are because when we get off track and we do I do I'm not 100% healed 
we need to have men in our life that says, you know what, Chuck, that's not who you are. You, this is who you are. You're kind. You're caring. You, you're more than enough in Christ Jesus. We have to have those kinds of people that walk with us. Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're in a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual battle. Do you have your armor on? Uh, I, would in, I would encourage you to do a dive into that. Do, do a dive into what it looks like to have your spiritual armor on because our war is not against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. Lori is not the enemy. There is an enemy, but it's not Lori. We, we need to be careful on where we get our information from. So what are we filling our mind with? Uh, the book I talked about, The Five Love Languages, you know, that, that's, a, that's a book that I think, uh, how many people have read that book? Do you know your love languages of your spouse? Because that's very important. So what are the, the love languages? I, I, it was interesting because a year and a half ago, uh, we were leaving on vacation, and I was prompted uh, to reread the book. And that's really what, for us, the marriage encounter came out of. Because if, if I'm meeting her love language needs, and she's doing the same for me, it, it's going to go well for us. So I, uh, I read that, and I started doing some of the quizzes. And I, up until then, I would have told you my love language was Man, man, what do we all say our physical? <laughs> physical. You just gave him the answer. <laughs> How many guys would say right away, yep, physical touch. That's, I mean, that was me. I, I said that forever. Once I did the test again, now I don't know if it's because I've been married 38 years and you begin to mature and maybe love starts looking a little different. It, it's deeper. It's richer. My, my number one love language was quality time. Spending time with her. I, I like would have never guessed I that. like physical <laughs> touch. But the enemy had convinced me that the love language for me and a lot of men is physical touch. We need to know what our love languages are. So there's five of them. There's acts of service, physical touch, quality time, receiving gifts, and words of affirmation. And, um, yeah, and I think your love language just changed. I mean, mm -hmm. when we were earlier married, I think it probably was more physical touch. And, I mean, he knows mine is acts of service. I love when he washes the dishes for me. I mean, it's just... It, if I, I love when she cooks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not very often right now. <laughs> But I love it when I'm, I'm in, I have an office at home and, and I hear the clink and I'm like, 
my word, he's doing the dishes. It's so exciting. <laughs> and, and today, because second, I, I love the service also. Today she's filling my pill trays. I got the, the uh, you know, the morning and the night. And she said, I walk in and she's at, she's at the counter and she's, now I'm, I'm fully capable of doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm fully capable of filling those. But when she's doing that, it's like, yeah, okay, that's good. You do like when See, I do acts of service. Yes. <laughs> well, and typically what our love language is, we do that for the other person. So, so the point is, is what are we communicating in what we do? There's a prince of the air. And when we're, when we're communicating, it's so important for us to be aware of the prince of the air. Mm -hmm. Because his, his job, there, there's times where Laura and I are talking, and I'll say something. Uh, what did what did you hear me say? And she'll say what she thought she heard me say, and it's like that's not what I said at all. But there is the the prince of the air takes the words as soon as they leave your mouth, twist them, and then they send them to her, and she hears something that I didn't say. We need to be aware that the enemy wants to bring as much conflict into our lives as he possibly can. Mm -hmm. So we need, to, we need to be aware of that. That's really part of the reason that we do what we do. The, the road uh, came out of um, Laura and I. Lori had gone on a heart quest. I went on a quest in 2009 in Texas. Forever, my life was changed. The, the way I looked at life was just so much different. I, I could tell you that they don't use the same ranch anymore, but for me, I could go back to the ranch, and on my fast day, I, I remember basically sitting in a loving Heavenly Father's lap. I mean, I, I could have said that Jesus loves me. I don't know that I totally believe that. I know he loves you, and I know he loves you, but could he really love me? Yeah, he can. He's crazy about you. His love for each of you has no boundaries. In fact, I get, I get this picture often that, like right now, up in heaven, God of the universe is looking down and he's saying, look at my kids. Check this out. Look at my kids. My, my kids are gathered at church and they're talking about my goodness and about my love. The God of the universe, Psalms 139 says, he has great thoughts, precious thoughts towards you. He ordained you to have a life. He, he knew before the foundations of the earth were formed that you were going to be in this place at this time. How, how can I understand? I can't. I can't wrap my brain around it. I cannot wrap my brain 
about an all-powerful, all-knowing God. But here's what I know. God says that there's more. There's more. When we have our relationship come into line with the Father, through the return, if that's the avenue, through a quest, through freedom ministries, there's all kinds of opportunities. I tell people all the time, men, do something. Do something. Engage. Guys, the battle is real, and it's time for us to begin engaging. Chip Ingram, uh, another book for you to write down, The Invisible War. Wow. Really good book. Broken into four parts. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Chip Ingram, Invisible War. Um, well worth your time to read it. Reflect, return for men, and then road to unity for couples. Um, I have people that, that men that say, well, yeah, I did something. Um, I had a great encounter uh, 20 years ago. Uh, or I had an experience like that 10 years ago. And I kind of look and I think, really? That's old manna. There, there's more. The God of the universe says, pull yourself up to a table. Experience more. There, there is more than we could hope, dream, or imagine if we would just say yes to more. So I, I, I want to ask, um, if, if you'll close your eyes. I believe that God has more for us in our marriages. So I'm just going to ask a question. If, if, you, if you would like more in your marriage, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. If you, if you believe the God of the universe has more for you in your marriage, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Let me pray for us. Father, today I thank you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy and for your grace. I thank you that as we walk in unity, that we reflect your glory and your image. God, today I ask that you would fill each one of us with your Holy Spirit so that we would live, love, and lead out of Holy Spirit's power, out of his presence, out of his peace, his goodness, that everything that he has available to us that we would receive. I, I pray that every man in this room would love his wife as Christ loved the church. I pray that, that you would put men in their lives so that they would know what that looks like. 
I pray that you would give them the courage to lead. And I pray for our spouses that they would allow men to lead, that they would in love communicate how they are loved, what their love languages are, that, that we would be intentional as we love each other so that we could re reflect you. God, we thank you for everything that you've done tonight, everything that you've said. In Jesus' name, amen. It was not supposed to go off. Um, if you have any questions about our ministry, about the Reflect um, and the Return, we have young mans, young ladies, couples, come and see us. We'd love to talk to you. We got more brochures. We're, we're working on um, trying to get uh, some more dates for the Road to Unity because as of right now, uh, this year, uh, we have one spot left for November. And one stop. And one, one, one spot for left for September. September. So I, I wish I could tell you that we got a lot of spots, but we don't. So we're, we're working on that. Um, the Young Ladies Rise event is new this year and very powerful. So I, I would encourage you to, to help lead your family by having your, your kids um, be intentional. Our dream is that the road looks a lot different 20 years from now. Because as we begin to walk in that kind of a relationship and we bring that to our children, they'll bring it to their children and, and uh, we'll live and love and lead differently. All right. There you go. That was good. Thank you. Man, uh... Sometimes it's really easy to come to moments like this uh, and just kind of walk out. So I wanted to take a minute, and I just wanted to pause, and I want you to think about, like, what's your one takeaway? And a couple of things that I really thought about as we were talking, you, started about, you talked about communication and the importance of communication. You talked about what voices uh, or, or sources are you listening to. You talked about putting on the armor. Like, there's three opportunities we have of, like, Hey, going from this moment on, I'm going to I'm going to work on co like communication. Like we're going to work on communication. Or from this moment on, I'm going to be careful about the voices that I'm allowing to speak into to my life. Uh, I've, I once heard it said about you talked about divorce. Uh, I once heard it said divorce is a communicable di disease. Um, I know that my my parents got divorced when I was a freshman in college and their closest friends had been divorced before them. Uh, and I think it's very true when you those you hang out with, you become like, you know, so what voices are you listening to? How about like, are you listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit or the voice of the enemy? You can go deeper with that, too. Uh, talked about armor like, hey, I'm going to make it a point to put the armor on because I realize that we're in a battle. You know, so what's your one takeaway? So I'm going to pause for a second. I'm going to let it hang hang silent. And I just want you as an individual to think about what's your one takeaway from tonight. All right, a couple quick things uh, as, we're, as we're getting ready to leave. On your table, there's a sheet like this. Uh, that is a sign-in sheet. If you could fill out your information, if you want to be 
Uh, super high tech. On the bottom, there's a QR code. You can take a picture of that with your smartphone, and it'll hop you over to our website where you could fill out the information online. Uh, but if you could fill that out, that just lets us know you're here and, and uh, is, is valuable for us. But uh, that's there. And then also on your, sh on your table, there should be some flyers for the Reflect, the return events. Uh, if you do not have those or if we need more, let us know. We've got some more uh, in the back. We can get those to you. Uh, with that, I think, Rachel, is there anything else? The camping trip. We got, we've got 22 couples going camping in August. Several of you are amongst them. Uh, we're going to have over, a, I, think it's, I think we're guessing like 120 people are going to be camping. It's going to be, it's going to be intense. And for those of you that are intense, it's going to be doubly intense. Ha, ah, dad joke. <laughs> Anyways, we're here. I would encourage you. We've got a little bit of time. Uh, get to know a couple people around you. Uh, meet them. Share your story. Maybe hear their story. Uh, and then uh, we'll hang out for a little bit. If you got kids in child care, you got about 15 minutes, and then we're going to have to get over there to get them. I heard they start trying to give lattes. and. <laughs> so the number that you put in your uh, pocket, I, I would encourage you. You don't have to do that now, but uh, if you desire, it is a great um, piece of paper to look at when you get home. And no matter what you rated it, um, one of the things I asked Laura, because I rated our marriage lower than what she did, and I asked her what I would need to do to take it from an 8 to a 10. She asked me the same way. What would it take to do from a seven? So, so what if we rated it differently? Now let's communicate about how we can raise that number together. Come on, that's good. That's good. So check out that number in your pocket, and if you're if you're able to have a conversation, whatever that conversation would look like, um, communication is always best. Well, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna pray, and then we'll hang out. Uh, I think there's some snacks and stuff back there, coffee, uh, water, stuff like that. There were some really awesome desserts. I don't know if they're left, but I'm going to pray, and then we'll be able to hang out. Father, thank you, Lord, again for this time. I pray a blessing over every marriage that is represented in this room. And, Father, we know that there are couples that wanted to be here and maybe couldn't for whatever reason. And, Father, we pray a blessing over them as well. Lord, help us communicate well to each other. Help us love each other well with the right love language so that we can speak the the language of love that our spouse listens in. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.